friends. You've now entered the Man Cave Podcast. Unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items. Like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toyson Ford. Thank you for checking out this episode of the podcast. I'm Dan Casper, your host for every single episode of the Man Cave Podcast. On this episode, we catch up with Blue Golds, UW-Eau Claire Blue Golds Athletic Director Dan Schumacher, obviously talking a lot about uh, their new football coach, jigs up, and and catching up on a, a bunch of other stuff that's going on with the UW-Eau Claire athletic program so let's uh no further ado let's just jump right into it all right gets uh, athletic director blue gold athletic director dan schumacher join us donning the jigs up hoodie over there mm-hmm. ready for that are on sale online, online right now right there. On, on the website so exactly i've got one yep you I got do. one over there too so mm-hmm. how's How sign up going really good very strong you know what's happening it surged in the last two days as soon as the forecast came out yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be almost 40 and sunny. Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to have a little bit of a breeze. You know, some people are nervous about how warm it's been, you know, with the ice, uh, especially when you get to weigh-in time when all those cars congregate on one part of the lake because the, we give out the prizes at the view. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody, DNR, everybody thinks it's it's all good from what I hear. So it's it's on, and I bet good. you we have a record amount of sales just because of the weather. Yeah. and well, it's 10 degrees or minus 10. The casual person on Friday night making that loose decision, do I go out and fish or not, says, nah, I'll stop. <laughs> but now that it's 40 and sunny, uh, they're, they're, they're starting to get their uh, their bucket out and, and, and their reels. So that's uh, this Saturday at uh, the fantastic Lake Wissota. Uh <laughs> 7 a.m. it starts? It's 7 a.m. it starts. The weigh-in starts 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Prizes at 3. As usual, you, somebody's going to walk away with a brand-new F-150 truck. Uh, courtesy of Eau Claire Ford mm-hmm. and uh, Rick Moore and his crew. Um, there's ATVs. There's uh, fish houses. There's everything you could possibly imagine. It's about a, it's about eighty five hundred thousand dollars in prizes. Nice. So it's a nice deal. It's grown every year. Uh, the the event has grown every year. We're over two thousand fishermen. So it's 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 a good deal. It's a great community event. Uh, it covers the whole lake. Um, we have way stations at the edge on the northern part of Lake Wissota, mm-hmm. and then we have one at the view. So um, you can get your tickets at any of the establishments around the lake. You can go to Jacobson Hardware to the bait shop right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go online. Uh, I'll be out at Wissota Lodge tomorrow night to do a live remote showcasing the, the new truck, the 22 truck. Um, and I'll have raffle tickets and tickets to sell there while uh, for patrons that haven't been able to get out and get them so nah. small lake big lake and the river triple river. everything i mean okay. you wouldn't believe the people that are up by the mallard resort oh i know it you know um and even up where uh anson park is uh there's people out there um so it's all over the lake they cover most in front of the golf course um in front of the edge uh, the yellow river area uh big crew i always see out there because i kind of make the rounds and then of course little lake with is like a small village it's its own town for about four hours, five hours. And they start, you know, it's fun. You could sit out the view or you could sit out at Wasota Lodge and look out the window. And by 8 o'clock at night, it's just a steady stream of cars coming out because they're all bringing their ice houses out the night before. Mm-hmm. And it's just watching it all come to life is, is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned uh, some other some locations where you can get it. The website is jigsup.org. Yes. As well, that you can find some of that information. I see you're giving away a, a four wheeler on there too. Oh yeah, Swarthman yeah. Four nice wheelers, houses. So. It's it's uh, you know it's we're not screwing around, no, man. Not we're at not all. Around. I love it. So uh, we'll, we'll, I'm going to hit up a little bit more about this, but we got some you know something happened a couple days ago that you probably want to uh, talk about here. Uh, you got a new football coach, Mister Erickson, coach. coach Erickson, coming over. Yep. The so Erickson I'm gonna, family. I'm going to throw a hardball to you right away. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, at the beginning of the process, you said you wanted an offensive-minded coach. 
It's what I've gone for in the past. And yes. I know you kind of talked about it in your presser that you know I think it was a family member you uh, you mentioned always. Yeah, said, I have an know. uncle that was a, a was it the Alabama one that or the Nick Saban connection? Yeah, the Nick Saban connection. He, my uncle gave him his first job mm-hmm. uh, at Syracuse University when he was head football coach. So, yeah, longtime mentor. My godfather uh, ran the Cubs for twenty seven years after coaching college football. Him and I talked. I mean, he's passed away now, cancer, but. I was always, when I was a young AD, he would give me some advice. And, mm-hmm. and I always, when I hired football coaches, I'd, it was offensive-minded. But as you as we went through the process and looked at the resumes, it turned into a different philosophy. saying, let's just hire the best person. Mm-hmm. Let's hire the best football coach, and they'll figure it out. Because most, even if they're on offense, they know defense. And if they're on defense, they know offense. So, mm-hmm. um, Also, you know, the priority was that we try to utilize – we have only so many full-time positions. So I wanted the head coach to take a side of the ball to free up more positions for more stronger coaching. Um, in this instance, uh, most of the candidates that interviewed in the end were about being the head coach and hiring a coordinator on both sides and being part of the game planning for both sides. And so as you, as I went through the interview process and listened to some of those answers and the, some of the ideas, especially the younger coaches that interviewed, um, Went in a different direction, went mm-hmm. with a different decision-making process. And uh, I think we got the best coach out of, uh, that was part of the pool, and there was many great pool uh, candidates, including ser- sitting head coaches, um, coaches that have won national championships. So, uh, Rob, um, the amount of references and the people that he's worked for and the way they talked about him really put me on the edge to say this is the guy that goes to the top of the pile. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of a factor was it that he is a Wisconsin guy, Wisconsin roots? Did it factor in? Because I'm sure you've heard it. Some people are wondering, can, is there a coach that can stay around a little while that's right. over there? That's, that's exactly right, Dan. And, and that, was a, that was a part of the equation is that that was a question, a hard question. Talking about a hard question. Mm-hmm. I said, listen, I, I, I can't hire another coach that's going to be here four years and go for something bigger and better. Mm-hmm. And when we think about it, Dan Larson and Wesley have left for Division One programs, and they didn't win. Mm-hmm. But the football business, they know who's a good football coach and who's not. The, the right. inner workings of football. And that's why they hired him. I asked him point blank, you know, I want your – are you going to be here and gone? And he's at the age of – he's 50 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's like, no, I, I'm done moving. My kids are older. I want to create roots mm-hmm. for my family to be of a central base and – I get a chance, and he's always wanted to be a head coach, and he got a chance to be a head coach. Uh, now, he was a finalist at, down at Whitewater, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we win. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to The Whitewater thing, I think, probably sparks more interest than, you know, no offense to, like, the South Dakota one, but do you think the Whitewater one maybe sparks a little bit more interest from fans? Because we've heard about Whitewater football yeah. for how long? And he was, a nas- he was at the national championship. Mm-hmm. He's coached in the national championship game. He was... Coach Bullis's right-hand person as the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was part of the big turnaround at Platteville eventually when Coach Emmendorfer, you know, his first 12 seasons, he didn't have a winning record. But then they, he hired Rob and brought in a couple other people. And the next thing you know, they're they're 10-2 and two and in the playoffs. And then the following year, they were 8-2, and two, didn't make the playoffs. But, and that's when he Bullis turned around and hired Rob away from Coach Emmendorfer in Platteville to come to Whitewater to coach, mm-hmm. and then they go to the national championship game. So, and he's been the last two with South Dakota State. So, mm-hmm. been there, done that. He talked about the game day jitters and some of the mental aspects that he's learned. And so, uh, I think he's he's going to be a good football coach, and he wants to stay here. And his wife and him are very vibrant, and they want to be part of this community and get involved. Mm-hmm. And their kids are all athletes, and they're getting in their they're in their high school years. One's going to wrestle. Okay. Uh, their oldest daughter's going to go wrestle for Sioux Falls. Nice. Um, so, um, and the other kids are younger freshmen mm-hmm. and sophomore uh, that are in their prospective sports. So it's a good family. Welcoming him to Eau Claire, and uh, he'll be here. He's coming back on Friday with his son to ice fish. Nice. So he's going to ice fish, and the jig's up. Good deal. Five o'clock, go to the basketball game. We're going to introduce him at halftime of the basketball game and then take him to the hockey game at 7 and introduce him between the first and second period so we uh, make the rounds. And then he'll be here Monday starting full-time. Oh, no, already hitting the ground running. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got to hire staff, mm-hmm. and that takes some work and some conversation. You mentioned uh, hiring staff, too. I, I do want to ask because... You know, Mike, you know, who's been interim coach a couple times uh, for you guys. Yep. And, and you know, he's probably been put in a couple a different, difficult spot the last couple of times. But can you just talk about how, how vital he has been for, for your yes. program? 
probably one of the most professional situations I've dealt with. It's just remarkable that um, Mike handled things with such dignity and class. And he, believe me, he applied twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a difficult for me. It's a difficult conversation for me to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's very uncomfortable. It's not. A, it's never going to be a comfortable conversation when it comes to that. But in the end, I was committed to Mike and because of what Mike has done in the interim and keeping the team together and the feedback that I got from the team and and, because I would do weekly Zoom calls with the team to keep them updated in the process for last month. Um, It it just meant to say, Coach, you know, I want to hire you as the head football coach, but Mike staying on right now is part of the conduit. And we need that conduit for the new coach to understand how it transitioned, Mm -hmm. what went on in the past, things like that. So Mm -hmm. um, Mike is very valuable. And, uh, you know, his future will, will, you know, like Mike has handled everything. He's made it through two coaching staffs. And he's going through his third because he's that type of guy. And he's a good man. And uh, he's trustworthy. And Mm -hmm. he knows the game of football. And he's an offensive line guy. Yeah. Because that's that's rare to see somebody still stick around for, right. for a couple times. You're, you're exactly right. You know, and that's I just think that's really. And I thought that was like you said, professional is the best way maybe to describe also, that. He you has know? values and integrity because he's about to have his second child. Mm-hmm. He loves this community. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be that other football coach that stays for four years and then leaves right. for bigger things. Right. He wants to have some roots. His wife has a good job here. Mm-hmm. You know, they're making a family of things, and you know, I. Uh, I respect the heck out of it. He's right. not chasing that muse, mm-hmm. but but he wants to be the best he can here. Mm-hmm. I know we only got a minute, but can you stay longer? Uh, of course, bigger, you can. I can stay as long as you guys want, man. All right, because I know Bob probably got some. Questions I got a staff meeting at throw. nine, and you know, oh, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you we'll, out we'll of here, here for before that. that. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm going to hold off on my other questions here because we got fine. we you, got the shot fire away, baby. Off here, fire away over there. So are you going to try ice fishing a little bit? You going to go out there and fool around once in a while? Yeah, I fool around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I actually are you more of the guy that walks around and you know maybe a beverage or two. Well, you identify the properties (laughs) on the lake. I know he knows where Art Hebert lives. And that's where I'll be tomorrow. It's easy to climb up that that yard. And for those that don't know, Art lives on the river, and he's the one that paints something in his yard every year. Every Fourth of July week, he's got some kind of thing. That's awesome. So there's a lot of of good folks that are going to be out there. Yeah, I'm going to be there early in the morning when things starts off, Mm -hmm. and then I'll go up to... um, Make my rounds around a lot of the what we what we've added is a great component is you could be at any bar or restaurant and one of the TV screens is constantly scrolling with the fish that were caught in the names. Oh, sweet! Yeah, so we have technology now to do that at the edge, and so you leaderboards could be at, going on there. Correct. So what it. the winner is just who's got the most weight and fish? No, it's a contest, not a tournament. So mm-hmm. we do every other like third or fifth fish for the prizes that are oh, registered. Okay. But everybody who registers a fish, those tickets go back in the big wheel to win the truck. Oh, so you wow. can get a fish this big and win the and, truck and, and still, still win the whole truck. thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wanted to touch on a couple other things uh, with sure. you too. So uh, the field, uh, Simpson Field up at Claremont, I've noticed some bleachers going on up there. Yep. I, we, I saw them getting delivered. I think one day too. Somebody was trying to figure yeah. out how to get over there. Actually, the fa- it's, that was phase two, which mm-hmm. which would be two thousand bleacher seats on the east side. With a working press box, similar to the yep. one we have out at Bollinger to work Roaring Games. Uh, it was just something simple, but it gets us out of the element and gets our announcers in there and whatnot. Um, so two thousand that's phase two of the of the Simpson Field project is now complete. Mm-hmm. So we've been working uh, with uh, other donors and, and benefactors to uh, working on phase three, which would add 4,000 seats to the west side, press box building with some luxury suites, additional parking, um, uh, we budgeted a million dollars for a video board mm. um, that will uh, be bigger than Lacrosse's and Winona State's and some of the ones that are around in the area. Nice. So, um, yeah, we're, we're the goal is to get to, as I said in the press conference earlier this week. You know, the goal is to play on campus in the fall of '25. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of one thing's going to be for sure over the next three year, two three years. There's going to be transition. And it's going to be transitioned in a lot of different areas, uh, but it's all going to be for the positive mm-hmm. and for growth, and it will support that. Yeah, I would imagine your new coach asked that question about yep. facilities because, I mean, you know, in the day it was fine. I mean, Zorn Arena is a you know a glorified high school gym. That's all that is, and so you're working with outdated facilities. Mm-hmm. And to recruit kids in here nowadays, I telling you earlier. Yeah. 
I just love my Minnesota friends, uh, friends that think the barn over there is the greatest, uh, greatest place to play basketball in the world. I said, you keep thinking that, and that's yeah. why you're going to be one in ten in the Big Ten forever. But you, these kids nowadays, it matters. They know the video boards. They know the presentation. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come to a glorified high school gym. In fact, some of the high school gyms they play on, they're better than Zorn Arena. I mean, no no knock, it's just a fact. You know, when I first got here, when I assessed, I went to every campus and did a full assessment of facilities at each campus. And I I graded it as we were second to the bottom, we were seven, and River Falls was eight. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, River Falls and see what they did to their facilities, their their hockey arena, their basketball arena, uh, the football stadium. They just put in a huge video board. They have a sec- separate soccer facility. They've made an investment, and that's why they're. Do- if you look at Coach Walker's team, Co- River Falls, they had and Coach Walker's been there twelve years. Not to the last two years, if they found success, but that's because of all. It took time to finally get those facilities to recruit to, because their audience is the Twin Cities, which they're competing against all those private schools for facilities. So, right now we have the worst facilities in the league and the oldest facilities. You know, a kid from Rhinelander, a kid from the South Side of Chicago, a kid from Madison doesn't care about 60 years of history in Carson Park or or Zorn Arena. Like you said, they want the shiniest, nicest place because they're paying their own way. When a kid is on scholarship, they'll turn a blind eye to facilities because they're getting paid to be mm-hmm. there. So it's it's an arms race. But what has attracted our, our pool of candidates is their research when they did to see that we're going to have a 120-yard indoor field house with a 75-foot ceiling. You could play two softball games in there. You can play a soccer, college soccer game, college lacrosse game. We'll be able to do anything we need to in a practice manner for football, indoors, and nobody else will have that facility. Um, and then you add in the brand-new arena that replaces Zorn. Nobody's going to have that type of facility. So, And then you add in an on-campus brand-new stadium that probably in seating will be second only to Whitewater, will be a little bit bigger than lacrosse. Um, now we go from the outhouse to the penthouse. And so then everyone is already, you know, my fellow ADs are not exactly happy that we're putting the field house that we are in, because that, that's that's Division One. That is that that's Michigan. That's Nebraska. I don't, like I said, I don't think the Badgers even have will have a facility like this. I don't so, think the McLean Center. is No, nope, it's not. Be like it's, that. You know, I mean, be able to push a button and a and a um, goalpost come down from the ceiling, <laughs> you know, to do the kicking game and. I mean, it's just going to be, it gives me goosebumps every time talking about it. And it got coaches excited. And that's why we, our pool of candidates, you know, like you said, I mean, these kids come from high schools that have better facilities at their high school level. And, you know, I, I encourage, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to do our best to accommodate the high schools um, with the new facility, the new on-campus stadium. That's going to be choices they have to make to stay at Carson Park or not, but you know, um, I'm I'm glad that the high schools, the referendum passed. They're going to be putting artificial turf in. That's a huge thing. They don't play games on grass fields no more. Mm-hmm. You practice on grass all week, and then you go play on artificial turf. That's what we did for years. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not conducive, and it, it's not the same game speed and the same reaction time. So, I'm glad the high schools are finally going to get some turf on there, and maybe they rethink their their worlds. The, mm-hmm. the school district. They could both have. They have enough. Both have enough land to have their own on-campus stadiums. Well, because I've noticed, I mean, with I'm assuming it's because you have turf at Simpson Field, you got to plow it out. You know, it's so plowed can, right now. Yeah, yeah they're plowed out. The cross is because they, they open up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, so you can do that with turf fields, yes, right? Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. Uh, the only delicate part is if you have a track around it, we got to be careful with the weight to take the mound, uh, the, the, the mounds of snow off mm-hmm. without damaging the track. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can plow that no problem. It's... Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Eventually, when we have the field house, we won't plow it anymore. Right. Because why? So here's here's the geekiness in me, okay? So leave the snow on there. Why? Because what people don't realize is the artificial turf does not break down due to wear and tear of foot and knees and people running on it. The wear and tear comes from the combination of the users, but with UV rays that break down the little blades of grass to the artificial turf. That's when the turf goes bad because it lays down and doesn't stand straight up because it's like a split end of your hair, Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't do it. So by keeping snow covered, it's like insulation, and it's protective of UV rays. So it's a... I can't wait till the indoor field house is open because we will never have to shovel it. Right. Teams will be able to practice full go, no issues, every day, all day, 
and we could still preserve maybe a year or two or three on the replacement of the turf. Mm-hmm. And I know, we're, you know, Simpson Field, we're kind of focusing on like lacrosse and football, but I know you've mentioned it too, you know, because you've got national champion track and field teams. And over we're hosting there. our and first track meet yeah. in 23 years. Yeah. Now think about that. We've won six national championships, and we haven't hosted a home track meet in 23 years. That's unbelievable. No. I mean, I, you don't realize, I mean, the, the big ones that stand out, of course, are college football at Carson Park, mm-hmm. not a college stadium. Zorn Arena, those are the ones that stand out, but you don't realize the facilities like track and field, national champions, and not have a home track meet in 23 sure. years. That shows you how far behind the eight ball UW-Eau Claire has been with facilities. Yeah. And then when when you have to compete against the lacrosse that hosts the state track meet, yeah. they have a built-in recruiting model right there. Mm-hmm. And they have a and now they just built a brand new indoor track facility, of somewhat of a field house, but there's no artificial turf and they can only do so much in there, but it's mostly a track facility. They're all about track and somehow some way we're winning and they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean they have all the facilities in the world to, to recruit the best, and Coach Schneider and Coach Schwamberger just do a, an amazing job. And, you know, when you talk to Coach Schneider, he, it's not about winning the WIAC. Like, it's no, national champions. It's, it's, yeah. uh, we're, we're, we're just going to peak at the right time. And there was comments last year, how do you guys do it every year? You're, you're ranked 10th in the country. I was going to say, because, it, it, does, you know, there's not, you know, like, oh, okay, they they finished second in the WIAC yeah. or something like that. Like, okay, so maybe they're not going to do anything in the national champion. But nope, it's like, no, to be clear, national Chip's champions. got a way of getting yep. those guys peaked at the right time, event per event, and that coaching staff does a wonderful job, and that's why they're as great as they are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But we, uh, got, we have the Dick and Mary Johnson Invitational. Dick and Mary are alums, big donors towards uh, Simpson Field, especially from a track perspective. And we we named the first track meet uh, in 23 years. It'll be the third week of April. Uh, I think we'll have 20 teams here, college teams here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we're going to have at it. We've got the sound system ready to go. The press box will be run with the timing system, with the scoreboard. It's, so it's going to be, and That's we have 2,000 awesome. seats now. And we couldn't host a track meet or anything. We were doing soccer and lacrosse games, but we had portable bleachers. Right. Now we actually have bleachers where you just go in and sit and yeah. get a pie and watch the soccer games or watch the track meet and We'll be, we'll, have, we'll be able to accommodate the crowd. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to catch up on a couple other sports that's uh, going on right now. I want to – because I think what he's done since – I think when he, when he first got hired, you were here and talking about it, but Coach Fader with your wrestling program. Yeah. What he has done with that quick turnaround uh, has been nothing short of remarkable. I, I mean, you know, sign-ups were a little bit down, but now it's like a loaded roster yeah. and just talk about culture building yeah, with that you know, program. Yeah, Tim – Tim is is uh, four time national coach of the year, mm-hmm. one nas- two national championships at places, and he's in the WIAC. There's another experienced WIAC person. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim got here; it was a part time position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Parker had retired, and we were trying to fill some gaps in that first two years. Chancellor had some words for me about the program, about you know maybe we there's not enough interest in it, and I said, well, I was an old wrestler, mm-hmm. and uh, we had 13 wrestlers on the program. And now we have 45. Yeah. And uh, we made went to the alumni and showed them the vision, and then we made the position full-time. So now you get a full-time coach, you get a full-time effort. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were gracious enough to get Tim, Tim, and give him some support. And then we went on the fundraising trail and made some facility adjustments. Now the old gymnastic, the gymnastics room, gymnastics is off campus at the YMCA. That space got taken over, and we remodeled it into the best wrestling room in the WIAC to recruit to. Mm-hmm. Again, it's about facilities. you got to give these coaches these tools. Just let them go. Once they have the tools, they, and once you get a kid to Eau Claire on campus, you got them. Mm-hmm. You just got to get them. You ask any head coach, they just got to get them here. Mm-hmm. Just got to get them here. Because then everything else they have to measure up to Eau Claire. Because of the quality of this community, the, the campus beauty, the water, the woods, the new buildings that have been built, mm-hmm. and more coming. New science building in the next two years. It's going to be the most expensive building in the state Man. that the state's ever built for the UW system. But it's a partnership with the Mayo Clinic. And now we're going to have a chance to really expand the medical and the biomedical, the nursing program to enlarge. It will service this whole region medically because of that new science center. So 
Yeah, it's just giving yeah. them the, give these guys the tools, and you gave Tim Fader the tools. We're ranked eighth in the country now, mm-hmm. and we have a solid 45 guys, uh, and he keeps building and building, and we're getting better and better. Absolutely. And the yeah. transfer portal's helping, too. I heard you uh, on the way in. You were talking mm-hmm. transfer portal. We have three kids from the transfer portal on the women's basketball team, and we're constantly, and, and our coaches are on there. At Division Three level, mm-hmm. we're looking for those kids that we used to rec- we recruited, went to Division Two, not happy in the transfer portal. Try to get them, and what happens? They come back to us, mm-hmm. and it's because of the transfer portal. You think a lot of that D two maybe playing time sort of thing? Oh yeah, and, for yeah. sure. How does that How does that actually work? The transfer portal because there are so many kids on there, like your coaches. So how does Tony do go search. about looking at it? It's like a basic search mo- module, and they put in the data that you want to data mine. Uh, from the database, mm-hmm. such as defensive back, Division Two, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you probably can data mine it all the way down to the schools. You know, so it's a uh, remarkable it's, tool. It is. It's changed everything. Oh, it, by it really far. has changed any everything. And I don't know as an old as as an old. I feel like I'm an older guy in the mid fifties, um, and played. <laughs> How do you think I, I know? <laughs> I, was just looking hey, I think Bob I got there. more gray hair than you right now, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you living that good life, you know? Um, no, I. I I don't know if I like it. I, I, I maybe I'm just so old school that you know. I had four head coaches in five years. I never once thought about leaving my institution. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kids are just as soon as there's a little adversity, a little change, boom. Now, that was the type of messaging I gave to our our own football program during this thing. And you know what? We have 90 of 93 guys that ended the season last year coming back. Mm-hmm. They did not. They didn't go into the transfer portal. They didn't play that game. And, you know, our quarterback probably could have had a nice look. Rabidou, you know, I mean, but he's he's staying. Uh, but it, it's changed the game now. The coaches, when they sign in to have their coffee, they're probably signing into the portal at the same time just to see who hit. Mm-hmm. And Tanya does a wonder, has done the most, the best job using the portal, but we're going to be using it a little bit more sport by sport, and I know Coach Fader has, has dabbled in it as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll ever get in Division Three, turn it into a scholarship program? Or part, I know they're... they're well, they're, NIL has allowed you to do that. I, so. I was going to ask if NIL, if you can do that at your yeah. level. Yeah, we, we've got, we just had a kid sign with a company just yesterday. Good. So well, we I, have a few. Yeah. I, I got some really good ideas on it, um, and we're going to work with... Uh, I, I've been waiting for it to play out mm-hmm. um, and see where the people that screw up and break compliance rules on it and the ones that are doing it right so I could take some notes. Um, so, like the, for but, example, like the Varsity Collective for for the Badgers, is that something kind of you're, you're that thinking? That is what of? it is. Okay. They have a whole staff now at the Badgers. Most Big Ten mm-hmm. schools now have an NIL staff. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. It's just me and my assistant AD and my compliance person. But, you know, um, could there be a time where I go that I know what the Big Ten does? Uh, the starting quarterback for the Big Ten, they have a local restaurant, and for every time they sell a Dan Burger, um, uh, the, that, that player gets a dollar. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, every month he's getting a check from Dooley's Pub for the Dan Burger and how many they sold in that month goes back because they're using that image and likeness right. of that player. So these are the little things that come up. And it, there's mostly apparel deals and, and some commercialization, but, you know, there's not big money at D3 right now. But, you know, some of these recruits like at Alabama and some of the bigger schools, they're, they're getting paid up front mm-hmm. just to commit. And it's crazy, and that that's the part of the old school in me going, that's not amateurism, that's not that's not college athletics as I know it. You worked for a scholarship. If you were good enough and got a scholarship, you exchanged your athletic ability for an education. Mm-hmm. That's what it was supposed to be about, not what it is right now. Mm-hmm. When we were talking a little bit about um, uh, with like what Luke Fickle is doing with the Badger football yeah. program, kind of changing that culture and kind of almost making it like a 2023, you know, with the billboards. And, and, and yeah. is that something that you kind of envision, too, like what you're trying to do with with your teams? I mean, obviously that's a D1 level. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of clear, like, you get a new idea in or a new, you know, um, philosophy, if you will. Yeah. And it, it's like drawing new recruits. I mean, putting billboards in Times Square, you know, billboards in Eau Claire. That wouldn't be something I think Eau Claire would really embrace I, I don't I don't think the demand is there, um, but I see what they do mm-hmm. at the bigger level. Um, different conversations that go on at that level than what would go right. on here. So um, when a when a business wants to take a couple pictures with, with a couple of our athletes displaying their 
their products, say, in front of an F-150. Yeah. Um, you know, that's simple stuff, and that, that mm-hmm. that's okay, I guess, if they can make a few dollars from it. But, man, some of that bigger stuff, I just, I don't, I don't, I like to know, because those people on the NIL, NIL staff, there's usually an accountant with them. Because mm-hmm. there's tax purposes that these kids have to be educated. They take that half a million dollars in in NAL money. It's not half a million dollars. I haven't done it. It's, it's, it's uh, three hundred twenty thousand because you no. just paid one hundred eighty in taxes. Mm-hmm. Because you need to. There's a tax burden involved with this. There's bigger, complicated business pieces to it. Mm-hmm. And the Congress is not done with the NCA about this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like stay tuned. What's going to change next, and what's going to you know, mm-hmm. and what's the other hit on amateurism? Right. Did you have another question? Well, I would just, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, scholarships. Now the NCAA was so archaic, you know, we talked about if a kid all of a sudden had to go home for a funeral, yeah. they couldn't give him money for a plane fare, you know, he didn't have money. But with the NIL now, they do that. But in Division Three, without scholarships, that would never be a problem. Say if uh, you had an athlete and he had to go home for an emergency and he didn't have the money, a business or a fan could give him yep. that money and he could yep. go. He could go. And so, you know, you're not comparing apples to apples. A scholarship obviously is worth yeah. a lot of money. There's no yeah. question about it. But uh, we got to get amateurism yeah. defined. So my big idea is, it, and this has been, I've been hell-bent on this since I got here because I was at Division One and Division Two. At Division One and Division Two, each school is required to have secondary medical insurance. So every student athlete has to show primary insurance. It's usually mom and dad's insurance, right. or it's Badger Care, or something mm-hmm. like that. And then, but at Division Two and Division One, you're mandated. The NCAA mandates you to back up that with secondary insurance, so those athletes never have a bill. Mm. It's not like that at Division Three. You got to so like right now. I I've got a, an athlete that has a bill. And they're like, hey, we've been playing for you, and you know, no help. And no, there is no help. It's, it's, you knew that going in. But what I would like to do is do an NIL deal with a medical provider that would give us that secondary. They would get the publicity of medically ensuring that these kids, if they have bills left over or they have services that they need, such as rehab, it's getting taken care of. I'm trying to figure out how to do that in a big totality-wise, which is, you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars in investment by a medical provider to provide secondary insurance to our athletes. Mm -hmm. But again, that's a hang-up of getting the NIL, getting kids from scholarship level to come from one or two down to Division three. You know, that's just one thing that's a detriment to the move. Because no kid's going to want to come there, and if he blows out his knee, and all of a sudden he's got $4,000 in medical bills on top of his tuition. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm like, how inequity, there's an inequity within the NCAA right there, how they treat athletes. We're not, we're the true amateur athlete left. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no question about that. Yeah, with NIL and the scholarships and everything else that goes on in Division One and... At the same time, I'm also capitalistic. If you can get the money, take the money. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think we have to, the NCAA has to figure this out. Right. I mean... Division One is going to fill a seventy-five thousand seat stadium in Madison. Division Three in Eau Claire, you know, four, five, six thousand, hopefully. But still, in all, the athletes are still amateurs. Yes, they are. And so, you know, you can get hurt playing in Eau Claire just like you can in Madison. And Madison's taken care of. The Eau Claire athlete isn't. You got to get some yep, equality. It's exactly what happens. They don't never have to worry about a medical bill mm-hmm. when they're playing for the Badgers. Right. As long as they follow the uh, the policies and the protocols that the training staff has. Uh, before I ask you a couple quick questions here, before we let you go about uh, your winter sports, but I, I want to ask you, be honest, did you imagine the instant success you would have had with lacrosse and men's soccer uh, with when you bring in those pro- programs back and the two coaches that you brought in? No. No, that would, you, you, you have to figure um, a three- to four-year deal um, – to take all the freshmen that we did in men's soccer mm-hmm. and do what we've done. And we actually should have made the NCAA tournament the first year. Mm-hmm. And then we won a, an NCAA playoff game in year two and should have won in the kickoff, you know, the penalty, or what do you call it, like overtime deal, Yeah, you know, um, where you got a chance to get free, like a hockey game, um, hit it in the goal, yeah. shootout. Sorry, I was losing my chance for words. That's the age <laughs> in me right now. I'm losing the chance for words. Um, but, you know, women's lacrosse. Um, did a wonderful job. Um, 
we don't have a conference, but now we do. If you saw our announcement mm-hmm. this week, we we've got a conference now, which will be a YX sport. Other schools are coming along. I imagine there'll be a couple other YX schools that will be starting women's lacrosse and men's soccer. Um, so it's funny that you know six years ago, five years ago, we started with sport expansion. People dropped sports. We started three. Now all the other sister schools are all, when I was at the NCAA convention, we're sitting around a round table, all the ADs and chancellors. All of a sudden now they're taking page out of Eau Claire's thing for enrollment growth because everybody's hurting in enrollment. And so now you got Stevens Point starting four programs mm-hmm. because they need bodies. And they pay their own way. There is no overhead for scholarship. Put an artific- What would Stevens Point do to do it? They put artificial turf out there. Now they can have women's lacrosse and men's soccer right away because they got artificial turf. Mm-hmm. So enrollment growth, this enrollment cliff that's coming in 25 is going to be tough on the entire UW system, and, and those sports are key. And I would be a bit surprised if we're not adding a couple more here soon. Mm, really? A little yeah. tease there. Yeah, a little tease. I like a little something, that. something. I like um, that. But no, it's uh, I'm I'm happy for coaches. The coaches have done a wonderful job recruiting, um, and you know our lacrosse coach has gone everywhere from Colorado to Maryland in mm-hmm. recruiting. Uh, baseball too. You mm-hmm. know, baseball. I mean, we got kids from Georgia and Alabama and North Dakota, and so coaches a little bit more diversified in his recruiting base based on how many travel teams he's coached against and he mm-hmm. knows other p- coaches. So. Yeah, I'm really happy with where everything's going. I think baseball is going to make another move, but men's soccer, I believe, is um, going to be very strong over the next yeah. two years. And there's a transfer portal situation. This past year, we got two Division One transfers, mm-hmm. into, and one of them became one of the leading scorers in the in the country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. And lacrosse starts tomorrow. That's a quick turn. Down I mean, Texas. Yeah. Man, look at that. Uh, okay, so before, because I know you got to get going here pretty soon. No uh, hoops wise, you got a couple wins last night. Your regular season's starting to wrap up here, though, believe it or not. It is. Uh, this is the last uh, seven or eight days of the season before mm-hmm. uh, seedings come out with the Wyatt tournament. Hockey playoffs start next week. Mm-hmm. Men's do. Women have one more regular season weekend before they start. We have an AQ for the first time in men's hockey, so we're going to be playing for the AQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter automatic qualifier. Yeah, yep. automatic qualifier. Because uh, we have enough teams now, uh, or I should say, that we have enough teams plus the combination of the NCA rules change from having an AQ, an automatic qualification for your conference. You have to have seven schools sponsor the sport. They reduced it to six, so now we have enough. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's all cranked up. Swimming, wrestling is this weekend. The WIAC championships. Last year we took second, mm-hmm. highest uh, performance we've ever had, uh, and. and uh, we have the highest qualifiers nationally that the program's ever seen. So I'm looking forward to a good wrestling weekend. Uh, men need to win, men's basketball needs to win out. Mm-hmm. We need to win out and give us, to give us a chance to get in the top eight in the region. Women, uh, they win out, they'll be number two seed. Uh, we had a little bit of hiccup there, or a little three-game losing streak that right. wasn't good, but uh, Tanya got them back on, the, on track last night with what they do best. And uh, so, yeah, it's... Everybody's competing right now, including the and that's crossover now. We went from crossover in the fall and October and November. Now we're in crossover from winter to spring. So track and field is practicing indoors. Softball and baseball are practicing indoors. You know, tennis, golf. The, guy, the guys yeah. are in the golf room every day. I go by the golf room with our simulators. They're in there. We took over those racquetball courts, Dan. Did you made, really? Made them simulator rooms. No kidding. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been to McPhee over there. Yeah, we changed a lot of things out. over there. You know, nobody plays racquetball anymore. It's no. weird. So we saved two out of the eight. The other one, the other ones have been reprogrammed. We actually made a weight room, a double weight room, opened up one of the bearing walls and made it a big fo- because when those football players go in, they do deadlifts, they throw mm-hmm. them weights around, mm-hmm. and we have community people that are in there. So we decided to move the the cleans and the, the loud plates mm-hmm. crashing mm-hmm. into the racquetball courts so it's not as loud in the regular fitness center so okay. it's been really yeah. conducive for for that but man yeah mcphee's a little different i don't different, know if i uh, recognize it since when i was back there yeah it's a little I'll different make a, a little different i'll have to get a, give me a little tour yeah over there yeah yeah so because yeah i mean i remember i mean before all these facilities they're practicing in there some of those sports yes, on those were. basketball courts there yep they were taking up my intramural time 
See, that's there it is. So by this field house, that loosens up, and a new fitness center down at Sonatag mm-hmm. will relieve the pressure at McPhee and Olson, both from an intramural and a general student workout mm-hmm. opportunity. Uh, I know I wanted to ask you about uh, women's basketball, too, because it, it, I think it's kind of fun, and Stout and, gir- and uh, Blue Gold's girls basketball, I mean, they're, they're going right to end the, the season. Top. Yeah. It's going to be one heck of a game. I know. I mean, that's got to be uh, just straight down the road from you to it have is. that little rivalry kind of back yeah. there. And, and we beat them the first time. You know? We beat them the first time. So now we got to go down to their place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's next Wednesday, isn't it? Yep. It ends the season. That's the end of the regular season. Yep. So that it's will a good be. Good way to end it. Make it yeah. mean something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you want to be playing at a high level going into the postseason. So. Got to incru- uh, increase a little bit of uh, competition with recruiting for the local sure. kids here, too. Yeah, yeah she's good. done it. Yeah. The, the young lady who's at Stout, she's done a wonderful job coming. She came over from UW-Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Coach Forsyth over at Green Bay, he's he's an awesome basketball coach. He's mm-hmm. he's probably got the biggest name. And, you know, he's been in the NCAA tournament with the Phoenix mm-hmm. a bunch of years, and you know he's he, he's the toast of the town over there, and mm-hmm. so she had good tutelage as a player and as a coach over there with that program. So yeah. brought it to Stout and doing a nice job. Well, she's the uh, her sister is my little guy's kindergarten teacher, so oh, she's no always like because uh, I'm blue gold alum, so yeah, she's yeah. got to go with Stout. Little jab, there. little jab. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's like the when they were playing their first game. I told Hudson he was going to have to wear his yeah. blue gold hat yeah. to, to class and just kind you know of, our gymnastics know. coach sister uh, was a gymnast at. Stout, mm-hmm. so they jab each other. And even though Jesse was at Nebraska, I mean, <laughs> Big Ten freshman of the year. Um, but there's another program that's changed. Mm-hmm. A couple yep. wins. Yep. We haven't won in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so Jesse's just the high energy of that young young person, and and her credibility because of what she accomplished in the sport speaks wonders to the young ladies that are in that program. They listen mm-hmm. and they lo- they want to learn mm-hmm. from someone like her. Yeah. And there's another thing. We made an investment. We made an investment to a larger facility off campus for better practice. And that used to be a part-time position, too. Mm-hmm. It's a full-time position now. So you got that that pool of candidates got a Jesse DeZeal. I remember I was playing intramural in that upstairs gym because uh, uh, the uh, gymnastics stuff was in there. So it was just all dust. Mm-hmm. Sprain my sprain my wrist, Dad, when I was playing intramurals. Oh, boy. You know, I had to go to Sacred Heart there after that. You know, that, they used to know. run from the hallway. The, the front doors to McPhee mm-hmm. into the to do the vault. Oh yeah, and that's where all that dust and all that all that chalk mm-hmm. was always at the front door right there. Yeah, and boy, you know, thank Time's God, changing. thank God, uh, OSHA didn't come in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, having to run from a hallway into another room and then yeah. do the vault. It was so that that's why it was really good to get them out of there and get them their proper space as much as wrestling needed their proper space. It all worked out. It all made imp- it all those moves alone improved the program. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a sport where people have to work harder to be great than in gymnastics. Oh, yeah. I mean, under the parallel bars and the vault and the pommel horse, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yep, yep. yep. The agility and the athleticism that they have is just, you know, the strength, how strong they are. They're Mm -hmm. just strong, strong women. I mean, just muscular and can jump and run the way they can run how fast they are yeah you know so it's bounce up in the air do three or four spins and land on their feet and smile (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's pretty impressive and uh i i gotta mention it too but your blue gold volleyball team was overseas for a little bit there yeah that was just actually saw i haven't seen kid i actually said it to kim i said kim i haven't seen you in a couple weeks she goes well you know i've been in europe i'm like yeah i know (laughs) uh that was at the press conference she was there but yeah you know uh those trips are the most memorable trips um, you could have as a student athlete. Mm-hmm. And you see it at Division One, Two, II, and Three. We do a trip, a lot of the teams do it once every four years. So when we recruit a kid, that we tell them at least, you know, one year you're going to go take a special trip, swimming, going to Costa Rica. Um, uh, the men's basketball team went to Costa Rica this year. Uh, women's volleyball hadn't gone for four years. They went, you know, they were in Spain in Portugal this year. So real great experience. Now, that's not paid for by the school. The kids fundraise. Mm-hmm. They work volleyball camps. They work wrestling camps, whatever it is, to go on those special trips. And whatever's left over, they got to come up with out of pocket because it doesn't – even when you go like baseball and softball, go to the Florida – they're fundraising through the year to be able to go on their Florida Southern trip. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Division One and Two where the money's there and they just right. get on a plane and go somewhere. Um, you know, 
It depends on how good they do in fundraising and events and what they do to reduce the cost per athlete to go on those special trips. But those special trips are awesome. Mm-hmm. Memories Absolutely. made. I mean, my daughter went on one, mm-hmm. uh, and she still rem- remembers it. When she saw the pictures on Facebook in the last two weeks, it says, Dad, that was such a fun... Because she went to Paris. Oh, nice. In England yeah. So she, to play volleyball. So it was... That was back when she was a college athlete. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are memorable times. Absolutely. All right. Well, we got Jigs Up uh, coming up Saturday, this Saturday, uh, 7 a.m. Again, you can go to jigsup.org uh, for, for more details. They've got a list of locations. You can buy some tickets and such there, too. So any, yeah, man. any last-second uh, nuggets I'm for taking everybody? the Chiefs. I'm looking at your board oh, yeah. over there. I'm taking the Chiefs. All right. I'm going to put you I, up there I, right uh, now. Too bad. I thought you were smarter than that. Oh, boy. Hey, I'm taking oh, the boy. Chiefs, too. <laughs> wow. I, I just think Dan Reed, uh, Coach Reed and Mahomes are going to get it done. I don't know why. I just – I don't know why. I just think Philadelphia's line, both lines are too dominating. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And I don't – and Mahomes, if he's got any problem with that ankle, I just think it's going to be a problem. So That's where I you, trust you, Reed, I, I got a question for you. Are you yeah. going to take a four-day retreat into darkness, into a cabin? Where does, <laughs> I would. If sorry, it was my I'm deer a bear camp, fan, and I had to throw that shot. If in it was my head. deer camp, maybe, <laughs> but I'd only last thirty minutes at most at that. Time. I've heard the replay of him yeah. answering where he, what he was doing, how he's going. I'm like, man, oh man, what happened to him? Life. <laughs> I don't know. Going to spend but, four days in a in a house that he won't see light. No. And they bring food to him through a slot okay, in the so door. I got. I don't know if you guys heard this. He did this. I mentioned it yesterday, but he did an interview. It might have been last year. I think it was with Barstool, uh, Barstool Sports, and it was with he did that Hiawaka Saka Wada whatever mm-hmm. drink thing. And because he's into the meditation thing and whatever, what if that's what he's into? Good for him. Yeah. But he talked about when he started doing this, he started noticing he called a hat man. And it was like this guy dressed in black with a knife and a dead rabbit. And he said one time that he was in a locker room by himself and the lights started flickering and he could hear this hat man guy. He was so scared, he ran out of the locker room to his car in the Lambo parking lot and locked it up. And I'm like, okay. And he said sometimes he'll even see this guy once in a while. Could be on the football field or whatever. And I'm like, dude, now you're going to go in a house. And go spend four days four in the days dark. Four days dark. And if you're still worried about Hatman, and thank you to the person. Somebody drew Hatman for me and emailed it to me <laughs> last night. So thank you to whoever that was. But oh, I'm man. like, I'd be scared. You know what? If I was seeing uh, somebody and then I'm in a random I mean, house. How does or, he see you? Like, I, I, I have so many questions. <laughs> well, I think we all do. <laughs> I'm but just, I, I think, you know. He's going to make a decision when he comes out of this. He'll know what it's is. like. It's like Puxatoni Phil, you know, yeah, exactly. comes out of his little house, and then you're like, okay, four more weeks of this speculation, or you know, I have my decision. I now. would say he's not going to be a Packer. I think he's going to move on. I do too. I think he's going to the Raiders. I don't know where don't he's know. going to end up, but uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know how the Raiders. The Raiders have nothing to offer. No, that's the thing. They have no draft choices. That's true. What are they going to trade Devontae Adams back to the Packers? Oh yeah, you That'd know what are they going to do? They don't have anybody that the yeah. Packers would want. They don't have any draft choices. Sixty million dollar salary. I, I just he's coming back. Well, the Bears, I think he's gonna the Bears be are going to get the number. They're on the clock right now. The Chicago Bears. They're on the clock. You're right on the now. clock for that, and also a hundred million to spend in free agency, man. Yeah, I think there's going to be some some happening. I think we're going to take that defensive tackle from Georgia. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. He's a man amongst boys. Yeah, yeah, so was the one the Packers got last year, man among boys. Uh, Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, and he's still on the bench with the boys. Okay. <laughs> well. Uh, I'm just hoping they get a good player, which they should with the number one tra- or 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 they could trade, trade it, in. trade yeah. it and get a couple other number ones like in the 15 through mm-hmm. 28 slots. Yeah, get a, a team that's of desperate a for a quarterback. Draft, that's for uh-huh. sure. Yep. Move ahead of Texans or something. Yep. Get that quarterback. So, yeah, I'll show you this picture of Hatman when you know, okay. we we'll go to this break here. Well, thanks so. for having me, guys. It's always it. a pleasure. Good it's good, great conversation, and yeah, the jig's up is ready to go, and it's going to be a beautiful day. So get off the couch and come on out and. Get some fresh air. The Lions Club will be serving food. They're going to have food trucks moving around on Little Lake with soda. Um, and uh, it should be a heck of a day, and somebody's going to walk away with a truck. 
Nice. And, and wear boots with uh, no holes in the, the soles. You know, I think I told socks. you. I think I told, I'll tell you the quick story. So the person who won the truck two years ago, I still think it's the greatest story. He had just lost his job, and he always drove a company truck to do his job. And so they took the truck back from him, and he was out of work. It was right in the COVID, mm-hmm. coming out of COVID, and he won the truck, and that's got him a job because he has transportation now. So it really... Um, you just never know how things work out. Something like that guy catches a small fish and registers it and wins a truck and mm-hmm. changes his life because he can go back to work and, and provide for his family. So it's been it's, it's been it's rewarding in some areas and you know then you got people that we've had to give lie detector tests to. Yeah, for real. Like, for real, it's in the fine print. If you look at the go to the jigsup.org, you know, there's fine print talking about. If somebody calls you out and you have to prove, you know. Now, are you the lie detector? Like, you know, no, the sheriff's the department or? gets involved. Oh, sheriff's wow. departments gets involved. What, they bring a fish in that they said they caught? And they so, so it's 7 a.m., right? The yeah. way station opens up. And yeah. There's guys waiting in line. Where, when did you catch that fish? Oh. <laughs> Where's that fish been? Has it been in an aerator? I mean, ice fishermen are notorious, <laughs> notorious cheaters. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's real. I mean, it's real. And, and, and we've had people call other people out saying, no, that fish was not caught here. And, and they say well, they it's won. not that hard to catch a fish, is it? An ice fishing? If it, we caught like a thousand said, fish last year on, on Lake Wisconsin. But, I mean, it doesn't fish. have to be a certain size to enter. No. Any fish you catch, you can enter. Well, the, the challenge came in after they won the prize. So there was a certain person, if I remember right, from a couple of years ago, won the $1,000 Shields gift card. And somebody challenged, says, that fish that he registered to win that, that wasn't caught. So, uh, oh. th- yeah, there's people out there that challenge wow. you. Mm-hmm. But that's why I said Friday night when you see all them fishermen coming out getting set up for 7 a.m., what do you think they're doing overnight? Yeah. And I'm not trying to be, yeah. you know, yeah. but I just think they it's They can it. get a big old sucker and enter it, you know, the <laughs> night before or something wow. like that. So, but it's fun, and it's all good fun. 99% of the people have a great time and do all the right things, and you have one of those hiccups once in a while. But that's the you nature of the beast. my kid's goldfish. It's turned white now, but it's just big. <laughs> Register it. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I might bring that thing over because it's ugly right now. So. Uh, it's All a right. great event. See everybody out on Lake Wissota. You got it, Dan. Thanks for stopping by. And I know we kept you a little long, so. All right, it's all right. I got time to get to my staff meeting. All right. So, all good. Well, you're the boss. You're in charge anyway, so. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, big thanks for tuning in and checking out this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If you're not a subscriber, you're not following to the podcast, if you could do me a favor, that'd be an awesome favor, just go ahead and uh, subscribe or follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, it's free. Uh, all right. Yeah, I know sometimes when you hear the word subscribe, sounds like you got to pay for something. No, it's just that way you never miss another uh, a new episode when it gets dropped over there. And if you have the ability on your favorite podcasting platform like an Apple or Spotify to give it a five-star rating or positive review... Go ahead and do so that way other people can find the Man Cave podcast. All right. Big thanks for tuning into this episode. We'll chat with you again next time.